Dare to Believe, Book One, The Silver Comb, Prologue. A lonely grey figure stood at the edge of the cliff. The wind was howling as though trying to sweep it into the tumbling waves below. The ferocious sea pounded the cliff, trying to capture the figure for itself. The sky was black. The storm clouds smothered the sliver of a new moon behind them. The rain had not yet started, but the air was heavy in anticipation. She pulled the grey hood tightly around her face, took a deep breath and sighed. This was where she was meant to be. This was right. She had fought with the decision for weeks, but now that she was here, she knew it was the right thing to do. It was for the best. The wind caught her hood. Her long, dark hair escaped and danced freely in the gale. She made no attempt to readjust it, but delighted in the sensation. She stepped closer to the cliff edge, peering into the darkness below. She could feel the ocean calling her. She could feel the grip of its arms ready to welcome her. She took a deep breath and filled her lungs with heavy air. It was time. Chapter One The heat was intense, like nothing she had ever experienced. It caught hold of her and robbed her of all her energy and strength and the smoke forced her to seek refuge on the floor in the small space under the bed where she could actually breathe. This wasn't her bedroom. This wasn't her house. Panic overcame her and she lost her breath, choking and spluttering until a little hand grabbed her ankle and she looked around. She recognised this little soot-covered face. She'd seen him before and he smiled at her. His face was tear-stained, but he wasn't crying, just crunched up under the bed, away from the flames and the smoke. But there was still the intense heat. Saoirse pulled at her clothes, sweating and uncomfortable. Fear and an aching grew in her lungs. She screamed, but nothing seemed to come out. The little boy was calm. It unnerved her, and the panic became overwhelming as the flames drew closer to the bed. She imagined being burnt alive, the excruciating pain, but as the smoke grew thicker, she knew her lungs would give up before the flames ever got to her. What a way to die. And then she appeared. Saoirse had only just begun to dream about her, and here she was, holding out her hand. Saoirse grabbed at it, and as she did, the flames melted away, and she was back in the school library her head tucked uncomfortably in her folded arms and her forehead slightly sweaty from the dream. She was a mess. This time of year was always difficult for Saoirse. Returning to school after a full three months wrapped in the protection of her own private bubble at home was the toughest part. She knew in a week or two she would get into a routine and life would get easier. But these first few weeks in September, she hated these daydreams didn't help, or the accompanying nightmares. This year's return to school was not helped by an English assignment she was forced to do with another student, an assignment where she was afforded the opportunity to get to know herself, her background, her passions, her ambitions, and all in the company of another human being. Saoirse shifted uncomfortably in her chair and looked around at the freshly painted library. She knew everyone's face, 
one or two names, but no one passed the odd hello in the corridor. To be honest, she didn't really know herself who she was, what she wanted, and now she was being forced to open her world to someone else. She sighed. Who was she? She was Saoirse O'Donnell, a normal 16-year-old. Well, as normal as any teenager could be. She loved to read, listen to music and paint. These were her true passions. No friends were needed, no audience required. She lived her life in a haze of written words and lyrics that she recreated in her own unique way on canvas. She had never had the courage to show anyone these creations. The cocoon at home, surrounded by her mum, dad and grandmother, was all she knew and all she needed. She knew this was about to change. She knew she was being forced to allow someone else into her bubble. And while she wasn't okay with that, she knew it had to happen. She was more concerned about what this other person would think of her. She was awkward. She knew that. Her tall, willowy figure stood over most of the boys in the year, and that had always intimidated them. Her pale skin and long auburn hair weren't what was considered beautiful by social media standards. She saw them as a burden. Her skin burnt at the hint of sunshine and her hair was a mass of untamed curls that took their toll on her long slender arms every evening as she waded through them with her hairbrush. And to finish, she was plain. Every girl dreams of being the ugly duckling that blossoms into the swan and Saoirse was still waiting for that moment, the day she would look in the mirror and not recoil at the pale freckled face that stared hopefully back. Her awkwardness did not end with her physical hardships, however. She was also painfully shy. School was a lonely place because she just couldn't find the courage or words to speak to people. She wasn't into the things other teenagers were into. She didn't play sport. She didn't like fashion. She liked her own company. She feared she would be rejected instantly and felt that she was regularly the butt of jokes and smart comments in the corridors. Boys frightened her the most. She had read about them, watched them in movies, but she had never actually had a conversation with one. She had never had a crush, never found one intriguing enough to step outside her bubble and speak to him. She lived in hope that someday she would experience that wonderful mystery that is love. But for now, she prayed that it was a girl she was paired with and not a boy. The teacher's voice drew her back into the library and Saoirse saw that a lot of the class had already been paired off. Saoirse O'Donnell, you're paired with Sean Fitzgerald. Her heart sank. He sat at the desk in front of her. She knew who he was, exactly what she didn't want. He was a budding young rugby player and had been hunted by several private schools and as far as she could remember, he was 17. He should really be in the year ahead and she wondered why he was here when he could have been a year closer to college and in a private school without this stupid assignment to do. He looked as unenthusiastic as she did, but he answered the teacher in a smooth, flirty manner and this repulsed her. The idea of being paired off with a flirt appalled her, 
and the whole assignment looked as if it could ruin her year. She hoped he would be open to the idea of them doing it separately and saying they work together and she held on to that. This assignment is due the 18th of December. You were asked to work on it during study periods, but you were also required to meet each other's families and visit each other's homes. You must get to know the person as well as know them themselves in order to be able to write about them. Saoirse sighed. She had deliberately gotten to school early to find a desk at the back of the library, away from the gaze of the other students, but that had all been in vain. They would all be focused on her desk at the back of the class now. Sean was the most popular boy in school. He was like a god, a rugby god, and all eyes were on them. She laid her head on the table and hoped she could wake up from this bad dream too. Say cheese. Click. Sean held his phone up and Saoirse made an awful face, unaware of what he was doing. Just a quick snap for Kate. She'll want to know who is getting to know her boyfriend so intimately. She'll be checking you out on Facebook, see if there's any competition. He hadn't even sat down yet and Saoirse was intimidated. His size alone was menacing, let alone his popularity. He attempted to slide his six foot three frame into the desk with ease of an elephant and the noise rattled around the library and inevitably all eyes turned towards them once more. He took a playful bow, but Saoirse felt the heat rise from her neck and sizzle all the way to the top of her head. She didn't know where to look. This whole assignment irritated her and all she wanted to do was stand up and walk out. Preoccupied with her desire to escape, she missed Sean empty the contents of his bag onto the school table and it was only his deep inhaling breath that brought her back. He had a new notepad held to his nose and looked a little embarrassed that she had caught him. I love the smell of new paper, textbooks in particular. September is my favourite time of the year in school. I love all the new books, the new stationery. I'm a bit of a neat freak, but don't tell anyone. It doesn't really fit the profile. She wanted to answer him and tell him that she loved that smell too but that the smell of an old novel passed from hand to hand for years brought with it a smell that was so much better, so much deeper and so much more fulfilling. It had history, a story outside the one held between its spine. But she couldn't. All she could manage was an awkward snigger that sounded sarcastic. He looked offended and she wanted to die. So is sarcasm your thing? I'm sorry, Saoirse replied in a voice that was so low she wasn't sure she, he would even have heard her. He looked blankly at her. He hadn't. She coughed uncomfortably and raised her voice a little. I know it might sound ridiculous, but I smiled as you were doing it. I was thinking how much I love the smell of new notepads. Her voice was pathetic and needy and her 5 foot 11 frame crumbled towards the desk as she hung her head. You're a strange one, Saoirse. I like that. Shall we start again? My name is Sean Fitzgerald. Pleasure to meet you. He held out his hand to shake hers. Hi, I'm Saoirse O'Donnell. Pleasure to meet you too. She held her hand weakly and he took it firmly in his. She looked up and straight into his face. She was startled by the immediate eye contact and blushed as she looked away. Why was it so hard? just to hold someone's look. 
You really are a strange one, Saoirse. I'm normally good at reading people, but you, you have me baffled. You're a mystery. So let's unravel that mystery. You don't seem like much of a talker. So let's just start with the basic questions that Miss Kremen gave us. Nothing too hard for the first day. Do you want to start by asking me those questions? Saoirse smiled. Maybe he wasn't so bad after all. She took the questionnaire from her folder and on the desk and cleared her throat. Date of birth. That was easy. Sean smiled and answered the questions freely. He was 17 since the 9th of July. She was dying to ask him why he was a year behind in school, but thought better of it. She'd stick to the questions for now and hold that for when she was more comfortable. Siblings. Sean was the youngest of five and the only boy. He giggled when he spoke of learning all about women from his four sisters and how he could charm any woman and French blat with the best of them. Saoirse marvelled at how comfortable he was talking about his life with someone he didn't even know. Question 3. Parents. Sean lived at home with his dad and one of his sisters. His mum, Mary, had passed away three years ago. She had fought long and hard against breast cancer, but had won in the end and took her in the summer of his first year at secondary school. His dad had survived only because of his sisters and his love of rugby. He had immersed himself in helping Sean train and progress up the ranks of the monster underage section and onto Irish glory. Saoirse saw the love and pain in his eyes when he spoke about his mother, but she detected a slight strain when he spoke of his father Nothing negative, but not the same passion and love. Again, she was intrigued by his openness and his honesty, but now it was her turn. The questions were simple, the answers were obvious, but she still could not help but feel petrified. She had never shared anything about herself with anyone before. Right, so, your turn. Date of birth. He was smooth and encouraging, and she smiled awkwardly, snorted almost and quickly cleared her throat. September 16th. So your birthday is Friday week. The big 16. You planning anything? You having a party? Sweet 16. Parties. Planning. Not really her thing at all. She liked birthdays for sure, but she liked them because of the beautiful old books she got from her grandmother. Books filled with the stories of Ireland's myths and legends. Stories that in the past had been seen as something factual and true taken very seriously, but now they were fairy tales and folklore. Saoirse liked the intrigue and naivety of the past, the idea of believing without seeing. She always wondered where her grandmother produced these beautiful handbound leather books from, but her grandmother was a stranger creature than she was, and she hadn't ever found out. Saoirse, any plans? Oh no, <laughs> not my sort of thing, he smiled with a look that said he should have realised she wouldn't. So, siblings? None. This wasn't so bad after all. She was getting through the questions with some ease. Well, that explains a lot. What's that supposed to mean? She was cross. Just, I should have known you were an only child. The shyness, not being able to communicate, all clear indicators of only child syndrome. She was furious. Maybe there was truth in his comments, but how dare he judge her when he had only just met her? Question three, please. She was short and a little put out. Parents. 
The bell shrilled and she nearly sang out in relief. Saoirse, how about I can call to your place on Saturday and we can continue from here. You live in the Crescent, right? They're fab houses, always wanted to see inside. Her mind wheeled. How did he know where she lived? The Crescent was a well-known, beautifully, gently curving terrace of 13 houses, standing proud over the harbour and facing the beautiful Gothic cathedral. It screamed money, old money, something Saoirse's family didn't have. She often wondered how they had ever ended up living in their beautiful home, but it was a touchy subject with her mother and she loved it so much she was quite happy to just let it be. But how did he know where she lived? Everyone in town knows who lives in the Crescent. I'll be over about 11 on Saturday, if that's okay. And with that, he was gone. She had never had someone call to the house before. Her heart raced a little. It was all organised. She had the rest of the week to prepare what she would say, but her stomach churned at the thought. She hated this assignment. Mm-hmm.